0: This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com.
1: Good morning everybody. Yep. No uh no crazy sound effect to uh, get you going this time. Um not not for this show anyway. Um but who knows, I might be doing it again later. You never know. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m., and 1440 a.m. Uh, you can also listen to us on, on uh, via podcast. Go to espnsyracuse.com or just look for ESPN Syracuse and find the Players Only podcast wherever uh, you get your podcasts as well. You can also follow us on Instagram. That's mm-hmm. right. <clears throat> I didn't mention this in an earlier show before, but yeah, you can follow us on uh, Instagram. We are players only ESPN. Um, and I give credit to Ryan for this because he knows a lot more about Instagram than I do. And um, <laughs> I'm just so glad he set this up, uh, set this up for us. And uh, we're going to be introducing something a little bit later on in the show. Um, something for uh, all our listeners to think about. And I'll, I'll tell more about that later on in the show. So yeah, uh, uh, if you're listening right now, just hold on tight. We'll get it to you. Don't worry about it. Um, we we will tell you about it uh, before the day's done. But that being said, we had a lot of good stuff today, and you know, it had a lot of good stuff take place in high school sports. And we've come to that point in the year, Ryan, where mm-hmm. we're in between seasons now. Yeah, I mean, right at
2: the end of this winter sports season.
1: Yeah, we're we're like you said, we're at the end of the winter sports season. We're <clears throat> Supposedly, starting the spring sports season. I mean, the spring sports season actually technically started last week for uh, a couple. Mm-hmm. A, a couple of the leagues. Uh, the two leagues that haven't yet are the SCAC and the OHSL. They'll get underway this week, starting tomorrow, yeah. uh, with the uh, spring season. I mean, and and essentially, spring is in the air. By the way, spring starts at eleven thirty-three a.m. this morning. Yeah. What a thunk. I mean, by the look of it outside, it's still cloudy outside. The temperature is what forty-three degrees. Yeah, at least the snow is gone. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> oh, the snow! And uh, I just want to say, you said the word, not me. I'm <laughs> uh, <laughs> just letting you know that right now. Um, but that being said, we have to we have to start with uh on the girls' basketball side in the state tournament. We start with Class D. And the Class D tournament had um, a Section Three team in it. We talked about them before Copenhagen. And uh, by the way, they spell Copenhagen wrong on the NYSPHSAA yeah. website. Um, somebody get that fixed. Um, it's not spelled. It's, it's Copenhagen. It's like the city in Denmark. C O P E N H A G E N. They spell it as. Get this, and I'm not kidding you. C O P E, H N. A-H-G-E-N. I'm sorry. I have to laugh. I had to point that out. No, nothing against whoever operates the website for uh, the state. I mean, they spelled it right in the other ones, but it was just, you didn't spell it right in the last bit, Um, but that's just me. Anyway, speaking of Copenhagen, the Knights did, uh, went up. uh, they won their semifinal game on last Friday. We have to start in the semis. Um, they played an 8 o'clock game down at Hudson Valley Community College in Troy. Uh, they played uh, Section 2's Hartford. Not New Hartford. It's just Hartford. Mm-hmm. And they won that one fifty-one forty. 51 If you look at the box score for that one, of course, we have to download it. Or at least I do. Um, I should have done this earlier. You look um, at all season,
2: Reagan, Dalrymple, and Charlie Carroll just have been going off, and it's just impressive mm. what they've been doing for this team. I, as you were saying, in against Hartford, uh, they had a combined... Uh, well, uh, Dalrymple only had two points that game, but Charlie Carroll had 15 and 20. 20 rebounds for uh, the Knights, and that mm-hmm. was just a very impressive performance.
1: Yeah, and again, leading the... Uh, Looking at the total points here, 15 points uh, for Charlie Carroll. I mean, Charlie Carroll's been a monster underneath the basket mm-hmm. uh, for Copenhagen. Alyssa Fitzpatrick <coughs> added 13. Uh, Aubrey Smickla added 12, and that's just mm. that was just the semifinal. Yeah. Okay. Then they go on to the final, and they went up against uh, a pretty good Sherman team out of Section Six. Yeah. and they just had their way they won that one uh 50, uh 47 to 39 they're actually treated as the visitors in this one um Copenhagen wins the New York State uh Class D title they now go to the Federation tournament which is uh later this week yep uh in fact this weekend down at Fordham Fordham University uh the Federation tournament. And then uh, just, but looking at the state final here, the same three players apply in terms of leading scores. Charlie Carroll, 14 points. Alyssa Fitzpatrick and Reagan Dalrymple added 12 apiece. Aubrey Smickla added six in a quiet, quiet day. But uh, Madison Cheek added three off the bench. <clears throat> but it was just enough. They played a tight defensive game. Yeah. Sherman shot only for the game. Twenty nine percent from the field. Yeah. Twenty-nine percent. Uh also twenty-nine percent from three and six of eight at the line, seventy-five percent. It was just it was Copenhagen essentially throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, you look at how they've changed the
2: way their team runs in this postseason. It was throughout the entire regular season, Reagan Dalrymple was the leading scorer of this team. <laughs> And now in this postseason, we've seen Charlie Carroll really step up as that dominant force on the interior, and she had 14-9 to 9 in this game, and uh, just throughout the entire season, she's averaging on the campaign uh, a 16-point double-double, and she's just been the main factor behind this team going uh, 24 and 2 on the season. And I mean, Sherman's a very good team. You've got to give them credit. Uh, 15 and 8 on the year. They won section six and they've just been pretty much dominant throughout their respective uh, state uh, playoff run. But just looking at how Alyssa uh, Fitzpatrick really stepped up uh, late in the season, uh, she averages uh, roughly six points uh, mm. on the campaign, but she had 13 points in the semifinals. Twelve points in the state finals here, mm-hmm. so she is just a player who's really stepped up, uh, come into her own and
1: right time, right place. Yeah, and and definitely a right time, one place. And and, and you're talking about uh, how this how well Copenhagen played? Mm-hmm. Uh, this was not a game where it was a tight defensive, yeah, defensive battle match, throughout. Definitely, um, as a team, you know Copenhagen only shot thirty nine percent. Uh, from the field all game. But if you hold your opponent's only 29% shooting, <laughs> you're going to win every single I mean, time. That's pretty impressive as you look at
2: who's on the Sherman Wildcats. Uh, Hayden Fisher, especially, she's a sharpshooter. Uh, you look at how they got the, to the finals by beating Franklin in that semifinal game. Fisher hit seven threes in that game. She finished with 25 points. Like, that is a very impressive Mm -hmm. shooter, and to hold that team to only 29% from the field, that that takes talent on the defensive end.
1: Well, another player uh, to talk about for Sherman was Paige Grotto. Uh, Paige Grotto, another one of the starters, had a really off game, like Mm -hmm. really off, 2 of 20 from the field, Mm -hmm. 2 of 20, including 1 of 12 from 3. That, to me, just goes to show you how good Copenhagen was defensively all game. And, and and another interesting fact about this state final, Copenhagen did not shoot a three in the first half, not yeah. one. They ended up going two of four in the second half and two of four for the whole game. And they didn't get a lot of trips to the line either. They didn't capitalize at the line, but then again, they didn't need to. Mm-hmm. You know, they went three of eight at the charity stripe, but again, they didn't need to. They yep. didn't need to go to the line and try to win the game there. They just. Played a very tight defensive game, and yeah, it was just a great performance by a, a great Copenhagen team. And again, they move on to the Federation Tournament, uh, which is uh, this coming weekend, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> down at Fordham University. So congrats to congrats to Copenhagen, and, and good luck uh, this coming weekend.
2: Yeah, I'd love to see a Section 3 team winning the state tournament.
1: Uh, hey, it's always great when you see one. Um <clears throat> you also have to look at um some of the other section three teams uh that made it this far uh in the tournament. Uh in double A, um Cicero North Syracuse uh played in the three fifteen uh game on Friday during session one. Uh th- they divide this up into sessions, I don't know why, but yeah. they do. Uh they took on a-, a good Baldwin team out of section eight uh and it was a heartbreaker one, losing that one in overtime, 56-54. Uh, what a tough game. Tough game for the North Stars.
2: Yeah, and especially after they
1: fought like so hard
2: to get to this spot, looking at how they played against Albany in hmm. that regional game. Uh, again, just fighting for that spot. It ended up going into overtime and they were able to pull away with that one. Alita Carey Santangelo, really just the star of this team throughout the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hit a clutch floater, and Albany wasn't able to uh, tie the game up at the end, so they just fought through it. And again, against Baldwin, against Baldwin, um, they also got into overtime, and this time they were the team that lost by two, mm-hmm. and that's just how the game goes. They are playing against really good competition, a very even game, and it just came down to... Both teams being equal and the ball didn't bounce their way. Yeah. So, a great season, though, for the North Stars, especially Alita Carey Santangelo and uh, Alexa Kulikowski, both of them named to the first team, actually, Mm -hmm. for the SCAC. So, two very good players. Yeah.
1: And the other, and there's one more Section 3 team that we have to talk about on the girls' side, at least. Uh, General Brown out of Class B Mm -hmm. uh, went against Shawmont of Section 2 on. In the semis of session three, that took place Saturday, uh, and Shawmont won that one, fifty-two to forty-two.
2: Yeah, another pretty close game. Again, mm-hmm. uh, like never got out of hand at any point in the game, and a great season for General Brown, going twenty-three and three. They've got some really good players like Ainsley Fuller, Emma Dupie, uh Corey Nichols. So great team, great season for
1: them. Yeah, so it, it's great that you have uh, three section three teams. Made it to the semis of the state tournament, at least on the girls' side. We'll talk more about the boys' side later. Uh, three on the girls' side, two end up losing in the semis, and one ends up winning it all. Yeah, That, that to me, that is a successful season. Yeah, very successful. For, for Section 3, uh, at least on the girls' basketball side. <clears throat> so congrats again. I mean, good luck to Copenhagen again in the Federation tournament later on this week. Uh, but for General Brown and Cicero North Syracuse, nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, this was a great year. You went up against some good quality opponents. I mean, especially Cicero-North Syracuse, losing in a heartbreaker in overtime. Uh, but, again, nothing to sneeze at. This was a great year yep. uh, for everybody. And, uh, and again, you know, we're heading into the down point of the season now. We're doing, Like we talked about at the beginning of the show, transitioning from winter to spring. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, there's really not much to talk about, really yeah um but that being said it it's nice to have when we talk about section three teams that make it this far yeah. in the section three tournament uh, in the state tournament that's what that's a good thing yeah so we'll take a quick break when we come back we will talk briefly about the boys basketball uh champion uh, championships that have been going on as well as talking about some of the section three girls basketball teams and Ryan was telling me about one snub before we went on the air that I think um, he makes a pretty good point Um, but we'll talk about that here coming up next here on Players Only presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1
0: This is Players Only a show about high school sports from high school students presented by Point Guard Advisors find them at pointguardadvisors.com
1: And we're back what? You didn't think we were gone forever now, did you? No. We're back here with more players only. on Presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7, 100.1 FM. And real quick, there's only one Section 3 team to talk about on the boys' basketball side, and they're playing in the state final today. Mm-hmm. That would be New Hartford out of Class A. Uh... In the semifinals, which were Saturday morning at 1045, now we're, we go from Hudson Valley Community College in Troy to Cool Insuring Arena up in Glens Falls uh, for the boys' basketball side. And New Hartford took on a good Amherst team out of Section 6 and won by 2, yeah. 52-50, and now they're in the final. Uh, and we look at the box score from, whoa, that's a Written box score. Hello. Um, but If you look at New Hartford, uh, leading the way, uh, Philip Koski again, they don't give first names. Why? I don't know. Uh, but 28 points. Hello. 28 points in that win over Amherst. Pierce had nine. Uh, Trella had eight. Uh, mm-hmm. Kowalski had four. And Suriano had three. Uh, Martinuk and Johnson played, did not score. But again, winning 52-50 over a pretty good Amherst team Yeah, who had two players in double figures. Uh, McDuffie had 20 points and Moore had 10. Uh, so not bad uh, for New Hartford. And now they get to play in the final later today, beginning at 1 o'clock, uh, Man- and facing a Manhasset team out of Section 7. So, this is going to be a fun one. Do you see New Hartford winning at all? Do we have? Will we have a second Section 3 state champion? I mean, I hope so. I think they are a little outmatched
2: in terms of talent. <clears throat> so, I think if New Hartford's going to win this game, it's going to come down to coaching. Because you look at what they did against Amherst. Uh, Amherst, the Tigers' best player. That would have to be Nick Moore. He averages 18 points per game. Uh, He was averaging that going into their game against New Hartford, and they held him to, what, 10 points? And so they did allow Teddy McDuffie to get 20 points. Mm -hmm. He's the secondary scorer for that team. He's the guy in the paint who's going to beat you on the inside. And uh, New Hartford was smart, and they really just focused on shutting down Nick Moore. Uh, They didn't let him get to the basket as much as he generally tries to do. And so just a good effort there from New Hartford. And I think if they can apply that coaching philosophy to Manhasset and that of Liam Conner, Liam Conner is a very similar player to Zach Philipkowski, where they're both six for four junior wings and the team is pretty much solely reliant on them in terms of scoring. Um we saw it in uh Manhasset's semifinal game against Poughkeepsie. Uh Liam Conner had twenty nine points and eleven rebounds. Mm-hmm. So he's the guy who can get to the basket at will if they're going to need to be watching him driving to the hoop because that's where he really does the damage. So if they're able to shut down Liam Conner, make them try to get their scoring done mostly through Mike Notayas and James Notayas, then I think uh, New Hartford has a very good shot. Also, I'm going to need to look for either Will Trello or Connor Karaski to step up behind Zach Koski. I think one of those two players needs to have at least twelve to fifteen points for uh New Hartford to win this game.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough one because Manhasset, as you said, beat a very good Poughkeepsie team. Yeah. I mean, actually, and they're from section eight. They have Manhasset they have section eight on the semis <laughs> that they put him in on the final section seven. <laughs> Which one is it? Um <clears throat> but they beat a good Poughkeepsie team. Out of Section One, and Section One is near the New York City area. Yeah, I mean, in, in those in, in that particular area, that particular section has some really good teams. They always compete well in the state. And Manhasset not only beating Poughkeepsie, but they beat them by fourteen yeah. in the semis. So you New know, Hartford is going to have a very, 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 very tough test. Yeah, against a very good Manhasset team. And this is where you get the
2: best competition.
1: Exactly, and you know. I, I, New Hartford's going to put up a fight. I just don't see him winning at all. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just don't. Manhasset is a pretty good team, uh, as I've said. You know, and beating a good Poughkeepsie team. I mean, what more can you say about that? But then again, if St. Peter's can advance to the Sweet yeah. Sixteen, then I guess New Hartford can beat Manhasset. I that mean. Is-
2: and it's a really good team. They've only lost once on the yeah. season. Yeah,
1: it's, it's going to be a huge uphill battle. Yeah. But if anybody could pull it off, I think New Hartford could. I just think they'll come up a bit short.
2: Yeah, I mean, they've been doubted all season. A lot of people, mm-hmm. even though they were the ones, who did not have New Hartford making it out of Section 3. And uh, going through that state tournament, uh, you look at how they've beaten a lot of really good teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they beat Amherst. Amherst was a game where... Uh, maybe not talent-wise outmatched, but Amherst has a lot of really good players, and New Hartford was just able to uh, pull away with it with a two-point victory. Mm -hmm. We saw against Mikheil Christian. Uh, That was another game where it was tied at the very end, and Connor Karewski hit an amazing hook shot to uh, give New Hartford the lead. So this is a team that manages to pull wins out of nothing, and I think they can... If they can keep it close, I think they'll do it again. The one thing they have to keep an eye on is not letting Manhasset get a big lead in that first quarter. I think the key there is just wearing down Liam Connor, especially very early on. You got to have two guys on him at pretty much all times. Just make sure that he's not getting his shot going mm-hmm. because he can he can burn you in that first period.
1: Yeah, and you know as you said, it's going to be a tough test. But who knows? Mm-hmm. That's that's the beauty of March Madness, as they say. Who knows? So on to the real quick, let's go to the section three girls basketball all-stars that were just been made. I'm gonna let you start because you told me at the beginning of the show Um something about um a snub happening.
2: Yeah, so if you look at the Empire division of the SCAC I'm looking at one player who was not a first team of the Empire division, and that's Anaya Neal of JD. To me, it just doesn't make sense how she wasn't in the first team for that division because she led JD as the fifth seed to the championship of the sectionals there where they were just cut a little bit short by our unstoppable Bishop Ludden team. And... Uh, You had a player, Macy Durkin, from JD make it, and Macy Durkin is a great player, don't get me wrong, but Anaya Neal was the only player on that team to be averaging double digits. The entire playoff, she was carrying that team, and the fact that she wasn't first-team for the SCAC or for the Empire Division of the SCAC is surprising to me. Uh, there are some good players there that you have the argument with, like Peyton Maneri, uh, definitely Liam Middleton deserves to be on there. But then the rest of those players, it seems like you've got to have Anaya Neal at least on the first team, if not in consideration for player of the year.
1: Yeah, uh, and Player of the Year in the Empire Division went to uh, Leia Middleton yeah. and, of and Auburn, and she deserved that. She and, she, deserve and she and she deserved that. Auburn had a really great year. They were
2: the, I believe, the one seed. Yeah, they were. Yeah,
1: and you know, and Peyton Maneri made the first team out of Auburn. Um, I kind of agree with you here. Um, only one JD player made the first team, as you said, it was Macy Durkin. Uh, made it, uh, made it on the first team, and then Anaya Neal gets put on the second team along with Ava Sandroni. I feel like that should have been switched. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, Anaya Neal definitely should have been on the first team. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, averaging double figures, All the only person to average double figures in points all year long uh, for J.D. and help leading the 5C J.D. to the Section 3 Class A final. I, I Again, uh, these are the coaches that decided. Yeah, so
2: maybe that's so, who they're keying on when they're preparing yeah, for the game.
1: Yeah, maybe – you know, maybe the coaches decided that, you know, eh.
2: And I mean, to their credit, Anaya Neal is only a sophomore. She has her time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe in the upcoming years, they'll start to respect her game yeah. more. And I definitely see her making first team next year and by her senior year, she's just going to be definitely in that consideration for yeah. of the year. She's going to be right up there with all those. Great players. Yeah. Like Peyton Maneri from Auburn, mm-hmm. who's already getting that consideration. That's yeah. gonna be a good race.
1: Yeah, for Ava Sandroni, only as a freshman to make second team, that's, yeah, that's impressive in of itself. Yeah. Uh, if you look at some of the other ones out of the out of the SCAC, uh player of the year went to Sydney Hotala out of <coughs> Baldwinsville. No <coughs> surprise there. Had a really good season. Yep. Uh coaches of the year, Rob Seachin of Cicero North Syracuse and Scott DeForest of Fayetteville Manlius uh got coaches of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, for um, out of the SCAC, you go to the OHSL. Uh, co-players of the year, uh, Caitlin Kibling of Bishop Ludden and Amara Strife of Bishop Ludden. Yeah, two very good stars. Really good, team. really good it makes players. Makes
2: sense why they were both co-players. Yeah, this. both had a lot It's tough to say which of them was more impactful for the team. Yeah. Just the entire season, both averaging a lot of points in every game. So. They yeah, definitely. And you would th- and
1: you would think the Ludden Ludden would also get Coach of the Year. No, instead it goes to their rival Bishop Grimes. Yeah, but I mean, John Sifinelli gets Coach of the Year. He took a team that was the 12 mm-hmm. seed and he led them and all led the them, way them all the way to the final. Yeah. Okay. So and, you know, hey, that, well deserving there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at uh, Division Two out of Liberty, uh, Catherine Dady, senior out of West Hill. Yep. Uh one player of the great. year, Sue Ludwig, uh one coach of the year also from West Hill. Uh look at Division 3, co-players of the year went to Carly S- Shallock. Zalock, I think that's Zalock, uh, Yep. Senior out of Casanova and Catherine Apker, junior out of Homer. Yeah, that's Uh co-players of the year CJ Kudla was coach of the year for Homer. Uh Division 4 out of the Liberty. A Mexico player. Hello. Shout out to my uh Alma mater, Anicia Ingersoll wins Player of the Year out of Mexico, the junior. Uh, also, Brianna Urquhart made second team. Not bad. Uh, yeah,
2: Urquhart a player who I thought was going to be a first team. Yeah, there you she, go. She had a great season. That's
1: good. Uh, in the Patriot, the OHSL Patriot in the American division, uh, Sienna Papineau, senior out of Lafayette, wins Player of the Year. Eric Culver, Onondaga Central, Coach of the Year.
2: Yeah, Jenna Peppata averaged twenty-four points per game on the season. I wasn't sure if they would give her the uh, MVP for that because she uh, was—they got limited fairly early on, but Mm. she definitely deserved that.
1: Yeah, and I i could go on and on, but there's like way too many leagues, and we need to take a break because uh, coming up next. Uh, We'll have Jerry Vilhauer, uh, CBA wrestler, baseball player, also football player. Mm -hmm. He'll be joining us on the show here soon. So we'll be right back with more Players Only presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1.
0: This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com.
1: And we're back. Like I said, we didn't go away. We just had to take a break for a minute. Um, But we're back. More Players Only presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7, 100.1. And now we are going to talk with Jerry Vilhauer, CBA football player, wrestler, and baseball player, a three-sport athlete. Welcome to the show, Jerry. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. Hey, morning. No, no problem. Thank you for getting up this early on a Sunday. Usually nobody <laughs> wants to do this this early in the morning, but thank you for coming on. Um, yeah. So, Jerry, let's let's talk a little bit. Um, as I said, you're a three-sport athlete. Um, You played football, you're a wrestler, uh, and you're a baseball player. So let, let's talk about the winter sports season since we're now, uh, you know, as I mentioned on the show, we're transitioning from winter to spring. Um. How did you feel you do as a wrestler this year?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, with three sports, it's tough. And and with COVID last year, with uh, not being able to wrestle because it got pushed to baseball season, you know, it was the first time getting back on the mat in a while for me. And um, then also with football cutting into the wrestling season this year because we went to the state tournament, um, you know, it was really, it was really unfortunate. I I had to miss probably a third of the season for wrestling after missing last year as well, but. uh, you know, I've I wrestled pretty much all my life, so having that experience helped me kind of get back into the swing things relatively quick, and uh, luckily I was able to place in the section term at the end of the year, and we have a great team. A lot of young guys, and next year we should be able to make a, a run at the team title once again.
2: Yeah, I mean, CBA had a pretty good season this year. Uh, for you specifically, who's the best wrestler you've gone up against this year? Uh, it could be either a player uh, on the opposing team or a teammate.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of good competition. And, uh, you know, one, one kid who I did against Fulton, who I wrestled a couple of times, um, Jonathan Clesi, uh, He he's definitely a, a good uh, opponent. And uh, being a freshman last year, I'm going to be able to have a lot of opportunities to wrestle him. Uh, so I'm looking forward to for that uh, match next year as well and try to get some revenge, as he did beat me in the uh, section semifinal this year. And then also from section four, I wrestled a lot of, a lot of good wrestlers from down there.
1: So let's go back to uh, let's go back way back to the fall. Um, It was such a long time ago, but then again, it was only like October, November. Um, How did it feel uh, being on the football field for not only the Section Three title but also the uh, the state football title in Class A uh, in the Carrier Dome?
0: Really, just surreal. I mean, the fact that we we as a team, you know, we were three and three, uh, really at a low spot, kind of mid season. But then the whole team really rallied, rallied together. We all, we all believed that we could do it. And um, going up against a team like Indian River, who we all know, just you know, smash-mouth football, runs it down your throat over and over and over again. And, and we had no answers for them when we went there and played them. But then when we made it to the Dome against them, and, and it absolutely shocked the world there. That was, that was a really fun moment. And the fact that we didn't even end there, that we were still able to keep upsetting these teams and make it all the way, it was really just one of the, one of the craziest experiences of my life.
2: Yeah, and obviously wrestling season comes right after football season. How does preparing for football get you ready for the upcoming wrestling season? Because, you know, the physicality is similar. So just what goes hand-in-hand with those two sports?
0: For sure. I mean, the physicality of each sport is, is up there with, with any of them. I mean, the daily practices where in football, you know, you're hitting, you're you're constantly moving, whether it's running, tackling, uh, throwing, it's everything like that. Just And then with wrestling, you move right into it and another sport we're using, you're using, like, every muscle in your body every second of uh, those matches and those practices. It really it really helps you get, get ready to grind through a whole grueling season of those practices and then also those games, matches.
1: Now, speaking of grueling seasons, uh, baseball is coming up, uh, as we all know. Uh, appa- when do you start practice for baseball, by the way?
0: Yeah, tryouts are actually starting tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, so really excited for that, and the baseball team has, has some really good prospects. Uh, we're looking for uh, this year. Looking looking pretty good.
1: Okay. So, with that being said, um, now that baseball finally is here, at least on a Major League Baseball level,
0: um, yeah.
1: who is the toughest team you've ever gone up against in baseball?
0: Well, um, th- this year we may be in double A. We may be in single A. I don't know if anything is uh, certain with that yet. But, you know, it, being in double A, obviously those big schools like CNS. Liverpool, Spalwindsville, all, all those guys are always gonna be really tough because the amount of kids they're going to be able to pick from.
2: Yeah, and um, for you specifically in terms of baseball, what would you consider the strengths of your baseball game, your hitting, your fielding?
0: Um, Personally, I like to think that I'm pretty balanced because I can play literally every position. And so I, I do take pride in that defense. And, um, you know, with being someone who plays three sports, I don't have the time to... Go to facility and train as as much as all these other kids. So I feel like that helps me uh, be be an asset to the team and I can do a lot of different things.
1: So that being said, what's your favorite position to play in the field?
0: Um, I think outfield is a favorite position. That's that's the position I'm, I'm hoping to lock down one of the outfield spots uh, this year. As uh, you know, who doesn't have fun? You know, laying out and diving for making some good plays <laughs> and just covering a lot of, a lot of space out there.
2: <laughs> so, and as you mentioned, with you playing three sports, you're not really able to specifically prepare for one sport season long. So, how do you balance your preparation for all three of the sports?
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's always that's always a question, right, with three sport athletes, especially nowadays with everyone specializing. It feels like more than ever. It, like every sectional champion in wrestling, every guy in that podium, they wrestle all year round, and all these baseball teams are made up of all these guys that play baseball all year round. And to, to keep up with that, I think uh, it, the key is to try to make other little sacrifices where you can. Like I, I really like to focus on the nutrition part of it and eating right all year round, um, trying to stay at a good healthy weight and keep you know good uh, muscle mass and a good ratio of you know muscle to fat. That way I can still have that, that energy but not be way too skinny like I can sometimes get during wrestling season. But then also you know, be able to have an, um, build up enough muscle after wrestling season that I'm not uh, losing strength to baseball. And uh, re- really with doing three sports, the, the really big advantage of that is that is that you're working every muscle. So you're not going to have muscle burnout like in baseball with your elbows and shoulders taking so much of a beating. Doing that year-round puts you at a higher risk of injury. And so I think that I I do get helped out by being able to use all those different muscles all year round, and makes me a, a better, well-rounded athlete. All
1: right, so Jerry, we're going to close out this little segment with a little bit of uh, uh some uh, quick-fire questions here. So answer them to the best of your ability, uh, and uh, you know these are obviously really good ones that we've we've been given to players throughout you know the entire the entire show. So don't think too hard. Let's just say, <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll try. All right. So, uh, first question here, uh, I guess really, uh, what's your, f- uh, favorite sport? Let, let's just start with that. Out of the three you play,
0: I'd say baseball, close over wrestling.
1: All right. There you go. Uh, favorite baseball player.
0: Oh. Um, right now I got to say Aaron judge, you know, all rise. The Yanks. <laughs> ah, all right. Go. Yanks. Yanks.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, so that's, that's always a good choice. Uh, favorite yeah. baseball team? Uh, I guess it's going to be kind of obvious, right?
0: <laughs> Definitely the Yankees. Yeah. There, the Bronx you
1: there you go. There you go. All our Red Sox fans are screaming into the radio sets like, no. Um, <laughs> but that's just me. Um, let's see. Uh, do it, I mean, Do you watch any Yankees games? Have, have you ever been to a Yankees game?
0: Uh, Yeah. So we we're actually planning this summer to go see my first Yankees game at the stadium. But uh, really? I've gone to see him at, in uh, in Baltimore as well as in Pittsburgh, seen a couple games, and, and we watch oh. it on TV a lot as well.
1: I'm jealous now. I've never been to a Yankees game.
0: Oh uh, yeah, definitely a great experience.
1: Ugh. Oh, man, I, I don't even know if I want to continue right now. <laughs> <laughs> Out of that, <laughs> just off that alone. Um, okay, so favorite color. Ooh,
0: it, it's a little weird, but neon lime green. It's the Seahawks color rush unis. Uh,
1: there you go. You <laughs> gotta hey, go with That's the, that's unique. You know, I, like that. yeah. I like that. I like that. I mean if there's if there's one NFL team that can make neon green look good, it's the Seahawks. Um yep. I'm just letting you know right there. Um <laughs> that being said, uh who's your favorite football team? Since you played, it, it, it is the
0: Seahawks. It is the Seahawks. There it's a go. little weird because you know Yankee Seahawks, opposite side of the country, but <laughs> it's just how it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just how it is. Choose what you want. Yep. Um. Let's see what else. Uh, favorite pregame meal?
0: Oof. Pregame meal. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like during the Super Bowl, it's something that we always have. is loaded nachos. Ooh. Like watching that, but yeah. Um. And then, in, well, in terms of like a pregame night like before for. Like my games, I would mm. say like a, a fish, like a salmon or something like that.
2: No, there you go. And does that change between sports? Like maybe you have one pregame meal for football and one for baseball?
0: For sure, definitely. Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. point. I mean, for wrestling, you know, you want to limit your carb intake because you want to control your weight. So it's definitely more like lean proteins like a chicken and fish right. while um, d- during football season it's more so carb-heavy.
1: Yeah, that that's really – that's a great insight. I like that. Uh, let's see what else we can – uh, favorite movie? i
0: well, I probably have to go with either Moneyball or the Sandlot. Ah, uh, two, two good ones. films.
1: Yeah. Two yep. good films. Uh yeah. Especially the Sandlot. I mean I'm sorry. Sandlot's all really time sure. classic. Uh, all time classic, yeah. classic, really good. Uh let's see what else. Uh favorite uh pregame music you listen to, if any?
0: Oh, you know, I, I do live out in the country, and so usually we are listening to country music. I, I get maybe a little bit more like pump up type stuff before games, but mm-hmm. country is the go to.
2: Any specific singers there?
0: Oh, just, you know, a lot of the more popular guys today, like Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean, guys like that.
2: Yeah, there you go. I'm more of a
1: Zach Brown band guy myself. Oh,
0: yeah, definitely Zach Brown band. <laughs> yes, I know, I totally agree there.
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh, last but not least, uh, favorite high school sports moments so far?
0: Uh, I mean, it's hard to rival the uh, the championship state championship for football. I mean, it's just unreal being on, on Syracuse Field and uh, in the dome mm-hmm. and you know, holding up that banner with that picture and uh, see, seeing the picture of us in, in the newspaper the next day. And, and, and I mean, that right post seconds, I was definitely the uh, winning Section Three Class AA this year, and then seeing uh, my my picture with my uh, headgear right over my eyes. <laughs> the paper that great for that one as well. That was, that was a pretty surreal
1: moment. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I I ended up calling the Class A the Class A State Football Final in the Dome uh, for the oh. for the NFHS Network, and uh, yeah, that was a great game. Uh, don't get me wrong. That was that was probably the best game ever. Not only I've called, but the best game I've ever seen. Yeah, Summers was a great opponent. Summers was a fantastic yeah. opponent, and it was just back and forth all game long. Uh, definitely. Definitely goes down as one of the greatest games in uh, state football history ever here in New York State.
0: Yeah, it was it was amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, Jerry Veilhauer, thank you so much for joining the show today. Uh, hopefully, we'll talk again soon. Uh, good luck with baseball uh, as we you know transition to spring. You know, thank God, spring starts at eleven thirty three this morning. So,
0: <laughs> yep. thank you guys so much for having me on. Yeah, no problem, Jerry.
1: Job. Yep, take care. Right. Bye. When we come back, we'll talk about boys' ice hockey All-State selections. And you might be surprised at a few of the players that made the team. Mm -hmm. And some of which is just just left scratching your heads, like, why would they do that? Well, you'll find out why. When we come back here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7, 100.1.
0: This is Players Only. A show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com.
1: And we're back for our final segment, at least of today's show. Uh, we'll have more shows coming up. And real quick, um, I did promise this. Now I'm gonna we're gonna try something new. Uh, as I mentioned before, we are on Instagram at playersonlyespn. ESPN. So, what I want you to do is, uh, and I'm telling you now, there's going to be no show next week uh, to close out the month of March. Sorry about that. Um, but that being said, uh, we're gonna have a little bit—I guess you could say—a homework assignment. <laughs> uh, oops, wrong word. Uh, all the high school students are like, no, no homework. Um, but we're gonna try something different. Um, if you follow us on Instagram, players only, ESPN. Um, what I want you to do is, if you if you ever have like a question that you want answered about high school sports, you can just send us send us a question via Instagram at, at Players only on ESPN, and uh, with the hashtag #players_only, and uh, we'll answer your question on air to the best of our ability.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and who knows, it could be anything about high school sports, or you can ask us uh, you know personal questions about us. You know, uh, what did we do in high school or what are, you know, you can ask us a lot of the questions that we ask on our our high school athletes that we have on the show. You know, favorite color, favorite, you know, all these things. If if you want to know more about us or you want us opinion on some other things going on in high school sports, give us a shout out. Again, just send us a question on Instagram at players only ESPN with the hashtag players only and uh, we'll do our best to answer a question on air at the end of every show. Well, obviously, we won't do it this week uh, for today's show, but again, something I think we should try. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, who knows? We'll, we might answer your question two weeks. So we'll, we're giving you an extra week to do this. Um, hopefully, you'll you'll send us a lot of questions that we can answer um, and then go from there. So again, at players only ESPN, use the hashtag uh, PlayersOnly. That way we can answer your question on the air. Again, it could be about high school sports or, you know, again, it could be about high school sports or anything, you know, yeah. really. We'll, we'll try to answer every question to the best of our ability. Speaking of uh, abilities, we talk now about uh, the New York state all state boys, ice hockey teams that were announced uh, by the New York state public high school athletic association. And we start with division one. This I don't get, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not taking this away from Owen Mahar out of mm-hmm. Syracuse. He made first team out of the state. The thing is, though, Syracuse didn't even make it to the state tournament. I guess, though, he had a really good year.
2: And he did. You got to give him some credit there. He had a very good regular season.
1: Yeah. But what I don't get is that Ryan Considine out of West Jenny made second team. Mm-hmm. And what I also don't get is that Dylan DeSena, the top goalie, I would think out of all of Division 1 did not even ma- did not even get an honorable mention. Yeah. That to me I I think that's a snub. Uh Simon Crink got it for goalie, uh Casanova on the second team. Uh honorable mentions Forrest Ives out of Casanova made it. Uh, as well as Jeremy Keys out of West Jenny and Jameson Bucktooth out of Syracuse. Uh he also got an honorable mention out of the state too. Yeah. So Really interesting selections out of D1. Yeah,
2: I was thinking they would have more West Jersey on there, especially with them, you know, making the state championship. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Keyes, I thought, was a lock for at least second team. I thought they would put him first team. Yeah. And then Will William Schneid, I think, definitely deser- deserved at least an honorable mention just because he was the leading uh, scorer for them all year. So, again, I think that West Jersey got a little bit snubbed on that aspect. And then... I think Casanova was pretty well represented with Simon Krink and Forrest Ives. I think Jake Owens also is another player who could have deserved an honorable, honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's really it for D1. Uh, it's, it's solid selections. Yeah. But again, I just think West Genesee should have gotten a bit more love from the NYSPHSAA.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I, and you also got to remember, these are players that are selected all, yeah. all throughout the state. So yeah. on to Division II, Um a lot of Skinny Atlas players made it. Yeah. Four made it total. Three on the first team alone. <laughs> uh, Chad Lowe out of Skinny Atlas, the goalie, made it. Luke Renaud out of Skinny Atlas, also made first team. And Garrett Krieger, uh, the forward out of Skinny Atlas, made first team. Uh, Andrew Partagiononi out of Cortland-Homer. Made second team, Congrats yeah. to him. Uh, and then honorable mentions: Finn Wheeler. They have him listed as a goalie, but I think in reality he's a defenseman, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, he's definitely. I, a I think that's a typo. Yeah. Uh, but Tanner Douglas out of Cortland Homer and Henry Major. I'm sorry, Henry Major only gets an honorable mention. Yeah. He had a great section yeah, three. He really
2: tournament. did, especially as only a freshman.
1: Wow, and yeah. only a freshman, but he gets honorable mention. So. Mm-hmm. It, Take what you can get. Yeah, I apparently. guess they
2: just had some Scania Atlas uh, voter fatigue because, you know, <laughs> you already got three out of the first team, but that's just realizing the star power of Scania Atlas. Yeah. The season was cut short a bit, but, uh, you know, just they they had some yeah. real talent. And then Cortland Homer did get some recognition. Uh, uh, that's another team where they were at the top of uh, D2 throughout the entire season for the just the entire state. But, uh, again, they had to play Scandi Atlas. Scandi Atlas was a team overloaded with talent on a mission, Mm -hmm. and Cortland Homer just couldn't beat them. But then Finn Wheeler of CBA getting an honorable mention, I didn't think that outside of the top two teams uh, we'd see another uh, player from D2 on this list, but it's good to see uh, CBA JT player getting some recognition there. He had a great season, uh, nearly... Uh, got CBA the victory over Skinny Atlas in the sectional semis. So, you know, a great season for him,
1: too. you got to give him some credit. Yeah, and, you know, Skinny Atlas, again, as you said, their season was cut short, losing in the regionals Mm -hmm. uh, in the state tournament. But, you know, again, very talented team that uh, (coughs) Skinny Atlas has. And, you know, and, and that just goes to show you, how good Skinny Atlas is all all the time. So
2: yeah, they just ran into a tough Webster Thomas yeah, team.
1: Very tough. So real quick, um, we 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 can't end the show uh, without talking about what the heck just went on in the NCAA tournament. Oh, yeah, St. <laughs> Peter's, who Out would have yeah. uh makes it to the Sweet 16, beating Kentucky only in the, the first round.
2: Only the third 15 seed to ever make the Sweet 16
1: you know and, and out of know, and then going up against Murray State a 7 seed by the way usually you don't think of Murray State as a as a single seed team but they made it as a 7 seed yeah. uh, but St. Peter's beat them yeah. and now they're in the in the in the sweet 16 who would have thunk yeah, out they, of the east region um every single bracket is now busted <laughs> um <laughs> last i checked according to espn there was only two perfect brackets remaining i think those are busted Yeah, those are now. both gone I um, think one of them
2: went with uh the illinois game and the other one went with some of the other upsets yeah. happening
1: so it, it's march madness people i mean my bra I, I do i do two brackets i do one uh where it's just my picks and then another one based off of, of a simulation program and um if the simulation bracket is not doing too well. Uh, <laughs> let's just say that. Um, yeah, best
2: of luck to St. Peter's against Purdue. Oh, I want to see how far they can go.
1: Uh, you Do know what? Are Final Four? No. But yeah, no, no, not, no. no. Purdue's just too good. Yeah, Purdue's probably But I was wrong yeah. <laughs> in saying that St. Peter's would, would would lose to Kentucky, and hopefully. Uh, oh yeah. uh So were most people. Yeah. I think
2: only 2% of brackets picked them.
1: Yeah, so... Well, that'll do it for us for, for this show. Again, no no uh, players only next week. So we will see you at the beginning of April. Hello. April. Who would have thunk? And maybe our brackets <laughs> will be even more busted by that point. Um, but again, uh, as uh, for our guest, Jerry Vielhauer and my co-host, Ryan Story, and Matt Slocum, wishing you a very good rest of your Sunday. And we'll talk to you again in April here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, Ninety-seven point seven, one hundred point one.